Well, hello, everybody. It's so good to see you today. Would you stand with us, please? We're going to worship the Lord this morning in song as we do every week. But let's praise his name because we have so much to give thanks for. He is a God that we are grateful for and loves us. So let's raise our voices and give thanks to the Lord this morning.
other here in the auditorium. If you don't know each other's names, grab a name. You might become friends for life here in the family of God. So let's just praise Jesus as we're just saying hello this morning.
Welcome everyone to Crossroads this morning. We're so glad that you're here today. If this is your first or second time here, I'd like to invite you to stop by our Welcome Center. We just want to say thank you for coming, and uh, we have a gift for you just to welcome you here today. And, and, and for all of us, there's the Connect cards. I'd like to invite you, if there's a, you have a prayer request or anything that we can connect with you on, please reach forward and take that Connect card out of the seat back in front of you. You can complete that and put it in the offering box as you leave today, and we will be sure to get in touch with you. Uh, just a, few, a number of things here I'd like to uh, share with you announcements-wise coming up. We have coming up on December 15th and 16th, uh, Charles Billingsley. Charles Billingsley is an acclaimed artist. 
Um, he's performed as a solo artist for over 30 years. He's done more than 3,000 concerts. So I want to encourage you to, uh, to invite a friend. The, uh, the reason that we're doing this, we're having a Christmas concert, and then afterwards we'll have dessert in the gym. And uh, we're doing this so that, so that you can invite a friend so that they can hear about Jesus, so that you can tell them, help them explain how to have a personal relationship with Jesus. So that's what we're doing. I want to encourage everyone, get your tickets. You can get them online at the church website, or afterwards you can grab Alicia Peterson. She'll be, you'll see the signs going. She'll be in the main office just down the hall here. It's just the very first office on your left as you go down the hallway. She can help you get your tickets here today. Um, we're, we're, the tickets are $20, but there's a $5 discount if you use the code CRSMIN, CRSMIN, and you will get, uh, get a $5 off on each ticket. But I want to encourage you to, uh, to, to pray and bring and invite, and this is going to be a great time. This is coming up here in just a few weeks, uh, <clears throat> a few weeks away. And then uh, along the lines of Christmas here as well, we have our birthday gift to Jesus. I want to encourage you to be, be continuing to pray. And uh, we put this in your bulletin every week for the next few weeks. We want to encourage you to keep praying over these missionaries. And as you look here, you uh, you open up your uh, open that up. You'll see uh, uh, just a few few names down from the top is John and Bianca Fowler. And uh, we have a picture of them that we'll put up here. John and Bianca Fowler. They came to this church as uh, as teenagers. And so John and Bianca, I had the privilege of baptizing them here in the baptistry here at the church. And uh, that's been a number of years ago. They've gone out, and they are, they're doing great things for the Lord. They are the directors of, of Word of Life Panama. So it's a, a youth ministry organization reaching the nation of Panama. So how exciting is that? Somebody from our little church here has gone out and done something great for God. So I want to encourage you to be praying for, uh, for John and Bianca and their three boys as they are, as they are missionaries in Panama and just lift them up before the Lord. You'll see there's another one on our list, Yin Di Lu. She is also in Panama. She is serving on the team there. There are a number of people that serve on that team. And so we, uh, she asked us, she was here and said, hey, would you consider helping me? And so we, we did, and we've been helping her for the last few years. I want to encourage you to continue to pray for Yin Di and also for John and, uh, and Bianca Fowler. So as we, as we pull together, as we give together, you give to the birthday gift to Jesus offering. As we give, everything that comes in, we take and we give out to the world. So last year we set our goal at 100000 and over 150 came in. Isn't that wonderful? And yes, we thank God for that. And so this year, so far, we're about 30% of the goal there. 30000 has come in. Let's thank God for that. We're making progress, all right? So... I'd like to encourage everyone. You know, I always, I have, a, I have a Christmas list. I have, you know, what am I going to get my wife for Christmas? What am I going to get my daughters for Christmas? i got this son-in-law thing i got to figure out. I mean, it just keeps adding all stuff. i got to, all right? But Jesus is on my list. And he's at the top of the list. And so my wife and I, we every year, we pray and we ask the Lord for a particular figure. Lord, would you give us this? And if you'll provide that, we're going to give it to you. And we know that that's bigger than anybody that we'll spend on, on any individual on our list. So we ask God for that every year. And I'll tell you what, already God has given us that amount and more. So for me, I'm pretty excited about that. That's an answer to prayer. So I want to encourage you. Would you ask the Lord, God, God, man, I'd like to meet one of these needs on here. God, would you please allow me to do this? This is bigger than me. This isn't in my routine. Uh, God, I'm asking you to do this. And watch what God will do and the steps of faith that we take. 
uh, will be answers to prayer for people around the world. So uh, I'm going to encourage you with all these things. And, and uh, Christmas Eve, uh, we're going to have our Christmas Eve service as well. That's on Saturday this year. It'll be 2 o'clock, 4 o'clock, and 6 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. And then on Christmas Day, Christmas Day falls on a Sunday, we'll have one service at 10 o'clock. So on Christmas Day and as well as New Year's Day, there'll be just one service at 10 o'clock. There won't be double services. So you 11 o'clock people got to make note of that, okay? If the 9.30 people come on time, they'll be all right. They'll be a half hour early. But if you come on time, you'll miss it, all right? So that's on, uh, on the last two Sundays. Uh, you know, the Christmas Day Sunday and New Year's Day Sunday. So those are all coming up right away here around the corner. Uh, this Wednesday, we had an incredible service here at the church. It was a wonderful time. Um, it was our Thanksgiving Eve. It was a night of communion and praise. If you missed it, if you were not able to be here, I would encourage you to go online, look it up on Facebook, on our Facebook page, or look it up on our YouTube page, Thanksgiving Eve. Uh, We'll even post it onto our website later today or tomorrow. We'll post the uh, Thanksgiving Eve service. I want to encourage you to watch it. A number of our families shared the things that God has done. And we heard of people that went through the valley. We talked about the valley of the shadow. A number of people that went through the valley and have come out. And what God has done, the same God took them in, took them out. And we have heard their stories. And I want to encourage you to get online. Listen, you'll be encouraged. You'll be blessed. Um, It was an incredible night. One of the things that we did at that service, though, was our deacon affirmation. And so we have six deacons in our church, and uh, what we do is we, every two years we affirm them. And so uh, what that means is we handed out these papers, and uh, the papers are in the foyer if you'd like to get one and you'd like to participate. But I'm just going to read you our deacons. It's Phil Allen, Wade Baker, Dan McNeese, Roger Metcalf, Mark Slagle, and Al Zabritsky. I thank God for the deacons in our church. Um, the deacons do an incredible job here. They, they look over the finances. They watch over the finances. They hold the pastoral team accountable. Uh, they hold me accountable. And, uh, and they are some of our biggest supporters and biggest, uh, biggest weight bearers around the church here. So I want to encourage you if, you, ha- if you were not able to be here but you would like to participate in that deacon affirmation, you can just go out in the foyer. They're on a little table out there in the foyer. Grab one of these. Uh, just complete it. You put your note of affirmation on there and stick it in the offering box, and we will be sure to uh, to, to, to uh, collect all those up. But uh, this morning, let's stand up together. This morning, I've asked, as we begin to prepare to sing our next song, I've asked Pastor Luke to speak. He's going to be sharing our message this morning. Let's thank God for Pastor Luke this morning, Pastor Luke McLean. And uh, before we go to the Lord in prayer, I want to just lift up a few families today that are, that are in, uh, going through some grief and suffering this morning. Right now is uh, for the family of Frank Latour. On Wednesday night, we prayed for Frank Latour. Frank had had a car accident on Wednesday. Frank has been coming for the last few years. He sat up in the balcony, and uh, he would always come down after, after, the, uh, after the service and say, Man, you touched my heart. He'd always give me a big smile and just tell me what God was doing. He came to know the Lord here at Crossroads, and uh, he is in the presence of the Lord God Almighty right now. He, uh, he actually had a heart attack. He was driving home on thang- uh, the day before Thanksgiving. He had borrowed table and chair from the uh, table and a couple chairs from the church here on Tuesday. Wednesday, he was driving home, and he had groceries in the car, and he took a sudden heart attack and, uh, and went off the road. And it wasn't the accident that harmed him. It was the heart attack. And so he is in the presence of the Lord this morning. His arrangements are 
our um, at David Henney Funeral Home. There'll be Monday for the viewing, and Tuesday a funeral will be held here at the church at 11. And then just yesterday, I know I've been asking you to pray for Mark Adams. We've been praying for him. We saw so many victories. He kept rallying and rallying, and God was with him. But uh, yesterday, Mark went to be with God. And so I know that Mark is in the presence of God Almighty right now, and he is singing praises, and his body has been made whole. But I want you to be praying for the Adams family, uh, for Cherie, his wife, and, uh, and for, the, for their kids. And, of course, you know Emily, who's part of our church here. And we, we're praying for you, and we're loving, and just asking God to put his hand of blessing upon you today. But uh, those, those arrangements are forthcoming. So I'm just going to ask you to let, let's rally around these families. These, these people are hurting. It's hard to lose anybody um, at any time, but it's, it's even more difficult around this season. So let's, uh, let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Let's lift up these families before the Lord. Our Father and our God, we come before you, Lord. I thank you for our church family, God. You've given us this wonderful place. This is not a show. This is not a program. This is not an event. It's a family. And God, I thank you that you've allowed us to have this family, that we can worship together, we can do life together, we can encourage one another. God, uh, we lift up all of these families that are hurting today, Lord. I, I pray right now, Lord, for the Adams family, Lord. We, we love Mark dearly and Cherie, Lord. They're just wonderful people. We're thankful that you gave them to us as our church family, Lord. I pray you'll put your hand upon Cherie this morning and her daughters, Lord, all four of them, God, and their families. I just pray that you'll uh, just let them sense your presence, Lord, uh, knowing that you are walking with them through this valley, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that Mark walked through the valley into eternity, Lord. He's with you now. There's no more pain, no more suffering, Lord. God, for Frank Latour family, Lord, we lift up the Latour family to you, Lord, for Mary Lou his daughter, Nicole Muffy, who is part of our church here, and, and their family, and, and his, his other daughter, and his other son, Lord. God, I just pray you just work in this family, Lord. God, as this week we'll be having arrangements and, and a lot of hugging, a lot of sharing, a lot of grieving, a lot of crying together. Lord, I pray you put your hand upon these families, Lord, as we as a church rally around them to encourage and love them and, and to bear this burden with them, Lord. God, we're so thankful that we're not alone to do this. God, we lift up to you the uh, church family at large, Lord. There are many people that are going through things and through sufferings, Lord. And we just lift them all before your holy name. But we're so thankful for who you are, God. You've been with us. You've never left us. You've never forsaken us. God, we lift up to you this Christmas offering. God, I pray that you'll do something incredible. Move mightily, and we'll, we'll give you the honor and the glory, Lord, to, to just bring these people unto yourself, Lord, as, uh, as, uh, as we were able to bring in this offering. And, Lord, you use those for your honor and glory, and we bring people to Jesus Christ, Lord. God, as we, as we go out in our, uh, to the Christmas season, Lord, inviting people for a Christmas concert, inviting people for, a, um, uh, for, for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, God, use all these opportunities so that you would be lifted high and you would transform lives. And, Lord, we're so thankful for the power of transformation, what you've done so that we can know for sure that we have eternal life, so that we can have peace in the midst of the turmoil of life. God, move in a mighty way as we continue to praise your name as Pastor Luke opens the word in just a few moments, Lord. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Let's sing our praises to the Lord.
So what are you thankful for? You'd think that'd be an easy question to answer. Yet, how often does the speed of life blind us? How often are the blessings we experience blurred by the chaos we walk in? While we're busy trying to keep up, do we fail to recognize all that we have to be grateful for? Of course we do. We're all guilty of it. Life has a way of chiseling away at a heart of gratitude. What if we could stop, pause in the moment, take a breath, take a beat, and recognize the incredible work of God which surrounds us? What if the intensity of the day-to-day could be stilled by the peace of thanksgiving? What if we could practice the words of Scripture and give thanks in everything? Perhaps these are the questions we need to ask ourselves. Maybe, if we look hard enough, we can see past everything life throws at us and see the beauty of a life spent giving thanks. So, what are you thankful for? Morning. Morning. The one line in that song, or in that that video we just watched, is it said that life has a way of etching away a heart of gratitude. That's a very sobering statement, isn't it? That life has a way of etching away a heart of gratitude. Life. All the things. Has a way of etching away a heart of gratitude. So, this last Wednesday, like Pastor Ken had shared, we had our... Thanksgiving Eve, night of worship and communion, and we heard stories. In the stories that we heard of God's grace, of God's goodness, and His hand in our lives. And, you know, um, for us, like our, our kids being in school, you know, our kids are doing I'm thankful for crafts. You know, um, we've, we've encouraged everybody like that, you know, just that the beginning of that, that video, what are you thankful for? You know, we had everybody write down uh, Lord Jesus, I'm thankful for on Wednesday. You know, we encourage our church. We see it more in our culture of just being thankful. I mean, good grief. There are things that are completely unrelated to following Christ that have to deal with gratitude. Somebody just shared with me last service that there's a there's a game called the gratitude game to help in just, you know, dealing with, you know, the things of life and working through things with your um, you know, your your spouse and just, you know, helping work through, you know, conflict. And I'm thinking, like, you see our culture doing that. Even more so, we see Christ imploring us to be grateful, to live a life of gratitude. And when we really think about being thankful, what comes to mind? Just think about that right now for you. What what What, does, what are you thankful for in your life? Why is being thankful good for us? Do we need to be thankful? Or is it just one or two times a year enough to post on social media that we're thankful? So the world knows that we're thankful. Um, some of us may think, can we actually live a life of gratitude? Is it even possible? The definition of gratitude is this. The state of being grateful, thankfulness. Uh, Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays, truly. Um, I love the turkey. I like smoked turkey. and I like deep fried turkey. 
Um, I like turkey turkey. Um, but, I, you know, and one or two times a year that I'll have it, I love pie. I love just straight up apple pie. And I do like the cranberry sauce. Anybody else in my team? All right, a couple. And then you got the division of the can or the real stuff. And but I know, that go, I know that being thankful and living a life of gratitude goes beyond Thanksgiving. But for me, one of the things that's really been rattling in my head and in my heart is why. Why should we be thankful? Why should we be grateful? We're told to, but why should we live a life of gratitude? And the more that I keep following Jesus, the more that I keep coming to God's word and understanding the why. Because if we don't know why, it makes hard to do, doesn't it? Because we don't know the why. Why should I be thankful, live a life of gratitude? Are there benefits to living a life of gratitude? I mean, I know that there are. And so what I want to do this morning is really dig into what Scripture says about gratitude. Why does Christ tell us to be grateful? And, and so what we're going to do is we're going to look at the example that Paul shares to the church in Colossae, right? So Colossians 3, what we're going to do is we're going to look at 17 verses. We're going to create a framework, and then we're going to go into seven different examples in Scripture of how and the, and the benefits and the why all behind living a life of gratitude. And so as we look into this, this, this chapter 3 of Colossians, uh, Paul is dealing with a problem in the church in Colossae. And you know what he's dealing with? He's dealing with a church that had a bunch of different religions that were essentially a blender. Took a little bit from here, took a little bit from there, whether it was true or not, and kind of created this lifestyle of religion. And it was like a blender. I took a little bit from here, a little bit from there, and put it into a blender, and that's our religion. And so Paul is addressing this problem. And exactly what the problem is beyond that, I don't know. But what we do know is that Paul kind of goes, all right, we need to recalibrate. We need to have an alignment. If you know your car, when it needs an alignment, it gets about 50 or 60, and it starts to shake. You know what I mean? It happens. And, and, and so there's an alignment that needs to happen in the church, and Paul is addressing this. And you know what? The best way to have an alignment is to get back to a better understanding of Christ. It's always going to come back to that. Knowing the real Jesus helps us battle the counterfeit Christ that we get in our culture. This is truth. This is this is the real way to follow God. But if it doesn't come from God's word, challenge it. And so he's helping them recalibrate. And listen, as, as the creation, we have to get back to the creator to understand our why, to understand why we exist. So Colossians 3, we'll start in verse 1, and we're going to work all the way through 17 and create a framework, and then we're going to dive into these different examples. So verse 1 says, Since you have been raised to new life in Christ... Set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth, for you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all of his glory. So Paul is explaining your new life in Christ. You have new realities. You have new sights. Don't focus on the human things, the earthly things. Focus on heavenly things. And it says... You are hidden in Christ. You know where Christ sits? Next to the Father. That's high. That's very high. And then he starts to say, he goes into saying, listen, you've got to put aside and turn from this old life. In verse 5 he says, So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you, having nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater. 
worshiping the things of this world, because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. And he continues on by saying, don't lie to each other. For you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. You see the recalibrating? Know your creator. Be like him, being Christ. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters. And he lives in all of us. And then he says, okay, listen, here's the new life. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Verse 15, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts, like we just did. And whatever you do or say, do as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So there's four things in here, just breaking this down. He's like, you've been raised to new life with Christ. You, your, your sights are not on earthly things anymore. He said, your sights are on heavenly things. You are with Christ. You have a new life that is hidden in Christ with God. We must do away with the old way of living, live a life renewed. Jesus is the most important message, and it says, let it rule your hearts. Let it rule your life. And then he says, be thankful. He says it three times. In verse 15, and always be thankful. In verse 16, he says, sing songs and spiritual songs and hymns with a thankful heart. In verse 17, he says, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So his, Paul is saying, your response should be thankfulness and gratitude. So with that framework, think about this. Look in, if you look over in uh, verse 15, he says, And let the peace that comes from Christ rule your hearts, for as members of one body you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. <clears throat> We've had a play multiple times, you guys know, in baseball, where the, the play comes down to third base or home plate, and there's a slide, and the glove goes down with the ball, and the play doesn't go the way, the call doesn't go the way you want it to. Maybe your blood's starting to boil a little bit. I'm sure none of you have reacted poorly in those situations. But I remember exactly this fall, we had a situation where there was a play that just was like bad call, and then there was another bad call, there was another bad play. I mean, it was just all over the place. Parents were getting involved. You know, the parents weren't sitting on the side singing kumbaya, holding hands, and cheering each other on. They were like, going, everybody was going crazy, and my blood was boiling. And then all of a sudden, the umpire calls it. He says, listen, hold up. And so when Paul is referring to peace ruling our hearts he's, that comes from Christ, he's referring to it in like an athletic situation from a referee, from an umpire standpoint. You know, when the referee blows the whistle in a football game, who, who, where are we all focus on? The referee. Whether we like the call or not, we focus on the referee. And think about that the peace from Christ is this perfect referee. The peace that comes from knowing Christ ruling in our hearts. Man, I want the peace of Christ calling the shots. Calling the call when there's a play, when there's a situation going on. I want the peace of Christ to rule 
Because, listen, when I rule, it, it goes badly. And so he, he goes on, he says, what the message about Christ? And then he says, whatever you do, representative of Christ, giving thanks to God the Father. And he, so he talks about being thankful over and over and over again, three times. So gratitude is how Paul is telling us to respond, to function, to live. Always be thankful. Praise God with a thankful heart. Give thanks through Jesus. And the more that I really start to process what this means, when Jesus' peace rules our hearts, the gospel fills us, we want to give thanks. When we recognize what Christ has done for us, that should produce gratitude. Because you know the life that we once lived. We know where we used to be. Down a river in a boat with holes in it with no paddles. Not a great situation. And then Christ saved us, gave us a new boat, didn't even just patch the holes, gave us a new life, gave us a new boat, gave us oars, and said, listen, here's the direction you're going. Turned completely. When you know where you've been, you know your history, the fact that we deserve death because that's where we once lived because of our sin, the fact that we deserved a totally different life and ultimately eternity separated from Christ. But Jesus' death on the cross gave us new life, gave us salvation. When you recognize the sinful person that you are, that I am, and what God did for us, it should produce gratitude. So the reason that Paul calls us to gratitude is we have something truly to be thankful for, and that's salvation. So let's look at seven different examples of, okay, now that we know that we should respond with gratitude because of this new life in Christ, let's look at what it means to be grateful, to live a life of gratitude. The first part, the first one is gratitude glorifies God. 2 Corinthians 4.15 says, all of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. As more people come to Jesus... There are more people giving thanks and living a life of gratitude. And God is praised when he sees his children giving thanks. On Wednesday, we heard just four stories. There are so many more. You have a story of God's goodness, of his faithfulness, of his unfailing love in your own life. You know, when you think back to the life that you once led, or you think back to your history, you think about where you are currently there's something that we can be grateful for. And you hear people coming to Christ and you start to hear more and more stories of God's goodness. You know, you hear about people going through some of the deepest, darkest valleys in their life and somehow they can give thanks. That, that's not a human-produced thing at all. At all. That is only because of the power of Christ. So the first one is that gratitude glorifies God. The second one is gratitude is God's will for our lives. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. It says we don't give thanks for our circumstances, but in our circumstances. You know, this isn't blind fate or chance. God is sovereign. He is in charge. He is over all things. And I don't know about you, but when I think about that, my brain wants to explode, but I trust in God's control, his sovereign control. And I know that he has a plan for my life. I don't always see it. And when you go through the circumstances, in the circumstances, he calls us to be grateful, to live a life of gratitude. But if I give thanks for my circumstances, it changes all the time. In my circumstances, I go through hard times, and you're going, okay, how can I, how can I be grateful? How can I live a life of gratitude because of my circumstances? And he says it's his lifestyle. It's not a one-time Thanksgiving, and I'm telling you, if it's the first time you've given thanks and you said, man, I've really been thinking about thankfulness, that's awesome. Give thanks during Thanksgiving. That's wonderful. As we follow Christ and we keep growing, 
he grows in us this lifestyle of gratitude. You know, this isn't some mechanical, like, I'm just going to be happy about everything. That's kind of weird. You know what I mean? We have emotions. It's up and down. Listen, I think about this purple, you know, this purple wristband that I wear that says gift of hope. This was the team. This was the end of life team that was a part of helping us uh, figure out what to do um, with my mom when she passed away. She had, uh, we we decided to to donate. Uh, She was a donor. And uh, I'm sitting there with this team and it was so difficult and hard because they're trying to help us process and like nobody could think straight and maybe you've been there. And I'm going, how can I, how can I be thankful during this time? And then I wear this and it's, I've had this for a long time. And I remember sitting in the hallway, hearing about my mom and getting the updates. And I just felt this peace. And I'm like, where in the world is this coming from? But it's God's will for us to live a life of thankfulness in our circumstances, not for our circumstances. Gratitude is God's will for our lives. Many people are searching for the next job, relationships, house, groups to be a part of. You know, I hear more and more, what's, what's God's will for my life? And maybe right now, right here, it's to be thankful. We wonder so many times, what does God want us to do? But are we being thankful? Are we thankful in the present? Find something to be thankful. There's always something to be thankful for. If we go to Psalm 107.1, it says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. There's something right there. Maybe you take a screenshot of that. Look it up in your Bible. Take a picture of it online with, a, with, a, with an image, and you keep it with you. And you're like, I have nothing to be thankful for right now. I cannot think of something. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. His faithful love endures forever. The third thing is that gratitude brings peace. Philippians 4, 6-7 through 7 says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. We've got to count our blessings. It's not cheap. We're told to get rid of the worry, keeping us up all night. If I count the sheep, then I get worried about the sheep. Listen, we were all still like looking for the sheep flipped upside down on its back. Anybody else driving around looking like, is he okay? Is she okay? Do we need to help them? Not listen. You all know how to help a sheep right now. So, therefore, you've been challenged. You've been, you've been, you're, you need to roll with that. I encourage you guys to go back through that Psalm 23 sermon series. Um, it was just incredible going through the, the, um, going through Psalm 23 and understanding about the shepherd and just the good shepherd and, and, and how we are like his sheep. And, oh, there's so, many, so much imagery and power in that. But count our blessings to count the things we can be thankful for. Gratitude helps us see that God's hand is over all of our circumstances. And God tells us that when we give him our thanks, he gives us supernatural peace. And peace becomes this bodyguard, remembrance. Set our sights on heaven and the heavenly realities. There's that umpire. When we let Christ, the message of Christ, rule our lives, it's the umpire. It's the referee blowing the whistle, calling time out. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Because when we start to go down the road of us trying to figure it out and we don't have the peace of Christ to call the whistle, to blow the whistle, to call time out and focus on what matters, we go off in a different direction, don't we? The fourth thing is that gratitude guards against envy. Psalm 138.1 says, I give you thanks, O Lord, with all my heart. I will sing your praises before the gods. You know, envy makes us want what someone else has because we deserve it, right? Gratitude makes us realize God has given us far more than we deserve because there's enough for everyone. We can cheer rather than compare. A heart wholly grateful has no room left for envy. 
this quote from Charles Spurgeon. It's hard to digest, and there's a lot here. I want to read it for us. It says, We need a broken heart to mourn our own sins, but a whole heart to praise the Lord's perfections. I think about the passage in the Old Testament that talks about how God gave us, he took a heart of stone and gave us a heart of flesh. Like he, he's the one that made us whole. Where we were broken, he put everything back together and made us whole. And, and I think about, man, he made us to glorify him. He made us to be grateful, to be thankful. And the only way that we can do that is through him. We're going to come back to that. So the fourth thing is that gratitude helps us guard against envy. The fifth one is that gratitude helps us live in the present. You know, Ecclesiastes 7.10 says, don't long for the good old days. This is not wise. Famous missionary Jim Elliott says this, wherever you are, be all there. Wherever you are, be all there. How many times do you come home after work and your mind's back at work? (laughs) How many times do you go to work, but your mind is back at home? There's a lot to carry. There's a lot to think about. There's a lot that rattles through our brains. And it's like there's a little person going through our brains and pulling out all the filing cabinets and trying to figure out a spot for, for you know. I, I'm telling you, I saw that cartoon as a kid of someone's brain. And, like, for the longest time, it feels like it was just yesterday. I thought that was how my brain worked. Is There's this little guy trying to find where to categorize it. And some stuff gets left on the floor. You know, you're a piler. You're a filer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Trying to figure out where everything goes. And the one thing that I've realized is that being in the moment is so powerful. Enjoy each moment. We're sitting there at Thanksgiving, and I'm seeing all of our kids running around. And I thank God for that. Because there's going to be a time when there's not kids running around. It's going to be different. And I thank God for this Thanksgiving. We had 35 people that gathered at our Thanksgiving. And um, it's just a blessing to be a part of that. And just seeing all of them running around and playing and just getting crazy and seeing them like be where they can't move to now they can move, <laughs> you know. And so enjoy each moment. Gratitude helps us live in the present. Be thankful for where you are. Gratitude opens our eyes to the simple beauty of ordinary days. There's something to be thankful for each and every day. And if we're present, we can catch it. It lets us see this day and this moment as gifts and to take in the abundance right now. Uh, yesterday I was out early in the morning and I look over and I, I look out and I see the stars. And I'm like, oh my God goodness the stars are incredible you know during the fall we have beautiful leaves my sister lives in denver and she reminds me of our days growing up in chicago in the suburbs and how our trees look like that and now she lives in denver and their trees are like yellow so she has us send pictures of pittsburgh trees in the western pa area and says i just need to be reminded of that and so it's just taking in all of the of the of just god's incredible beauty and gratitude helps us live in the present the sixth thing is that gratitude is a testimony. Psalm 105.1 says, Give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. Let the whole world know what he has done. When we thank God openly and acknowledge what he's done for us, we proclaim a personal caring God to the world around us. We show the contentment and peace come from not what we have, but who we know. This is why you've heard the stories that, we've heard, that we heard on Wednesday. And again, I encourage you to, to check that out, that uh, our, night of, our Thanksgiving Eve night of worship and communion and these stories. Check it out online. Watch it. The stories are powerful. But you've heard these stories, and these people said, we have to give testimony. We have to share. We've been given a story that we have to share. All that God has done in our lives, that we can be a testimony 
for God's goodness, His unfailing love. And the seventh thing is that gratitude draws us closer to God. Uh, Luke 17, 17 through 19, uh, Jesus asked, Didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And then in verse 19, And Jesus said to the man, Stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. You know, what we see here is there are ten lepers. Their bodies are you know, disfigured and, and sores and they're, they're in pain and they cry out to be healed. Ten. Ten. But Jesus says, we're all the... So he sends them off to the priest to be healed. And it says, go to the priests and, and, and go show yourselves. And, and as they went, they were healed. Fingers restored. Ulcers disappeared. Full sensations returned to their faces and limbs. Certainly they were all happy. But one was thankful. Only one came back to Jesus and fell at his feet and thanked him. Isn't it so easy to go through the motions, to go through the everyday, and to forget to be thankful? To truly respond to Jesus and, 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 and to be thankful for right now, right here, for what's happening. You know, it's, or, for, or to, be, to be thankful in our circumstances, to find something to be thankful for. It, just saying, God, you're good. Thank you for loving me. You know, sometimes like in my prayer journal, I'll write down one thing that I'm thankful for and I write down prayer requests and things that I'm praying for and I put the date. There's three columns and I write down some days I'm thankful for today. There was a guy I used to work with. His name was Roy. And I would see him all the time and I'd say, Roy, how's today? And he would say, I'm doing good. He goes, I'm vertical. I remember he said that day after day after day and I'm thinking like, man, like, does he have anything else to say? And I found that, that I, I started hearing the stories of this man's life and the amount of PTSD that he had, the amount of pain and sorrow that he had been walking through for many years of losing a spouse, being disconnected from his children, the things that he, the pain that he has gone through. And I'm going, he can be grateful? Powerful, powerful. But he was thankful amidst all of that. We can always find reason for gratitude before God. Uh, Matthew Henry, Henry, he's a famous Bible commentator, was robbed. And that night, he writes in his journal, he writes in his diary, all the things that he was thankful for. Here are the things that he wrote down. He wrote, first, that he had never been robbed before. Second, that though they took his wallet, they did not take his life. Third, because even though they took it all, it wasn't very much. And finally, he wrote down, that he was thankful because he was the one who was robbed and not the one who did the robbery. I think most of the time when I act like the nine lepers, it's because I have other things on my mind. I haven't been practicing this life of thankfulness, this life of gratitude. Or I couldn't see something to be thankful for. But it's a lifestyle of gratitude. It's a daily giving thanks. It's even in your heart. You, may not, you don't even have to say anything to anybody. You don't have to write it down, but just something. You, just like that video you saw. Like, what if we pause? Life is constantly etching away a heart of gratitude. And if we just paused and just said, God, I'm thankful for this place that we can be right now. Every day, being thankful. Thankfulness, gratitude, it produces, it helps us glorify God. It helps us understand more about God's will. It helps us discover peace. It helps us guard against envy. It helps us live in the present. Gratitude gives us a testimony, and gratitude draws us closer to God. 
And so when, as we understand all these different ways to be grateful, let's go back to the 15, 16, and 17 in Colossians 3. Colossians 3:15 it says and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts for as members of one body you were called to live in peace and always be thankful. There's the first one and always be thankful. Verse 16 says let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your lives teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. Verse 17 and whatever you do or say do as a representative of the Lord Jesus giving thanks through him to God the Father. Always be thankful. Do it with a thankful heart. Giving thanks through him, the God, to the God the Father. You know, if I go back through that list of all the different ways to show gratitude, to live a life of gratitude, I don't know about you, but it's my human nature to go, here's more things to do. And when we don't give the gospel, the full gospel, that it's the power of Christ in us, it's incorrect so here's the gospel right now is the fact that it's not our efforts that are going to accomplish this life of gratitude it is only by the power of christ look back in verse 17 don't miss this and whatever you do or say do as a representative of the lord jesus christ giving thanks through him to god the father we can live a life of gratitude because it's through christ we cannot do any of this apart from him A few things to just apply and think through as we leave, as we close here this morning. First of all, we we have to adopt this mindset of preaching the gospel to ourselves daily. Reminding ourselves that we've been raised to new life in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come, as 2 Corinthians 5.17 says. The old is gone, the new has come, we're new creations. We've got to put on the new clothes as we follow Christ, that this kindness and gentleness and love. We have to put on that new clothes. We have to follow Christ that way. We have to remind ourselves we have new realities. Change your sights. If my sights are on earth, I'm missing it. We're missing it. We have to set our sights on heavenly things. Our old life is dead, but our new life is hidden in Christ. Our new hope, our our hope is in the new life in Jesus. So we have to adopt this new mindset. I had a guy that called me all the time in college, and he said he would just leave me voicemails. And for the while, longest time, I thought, this is the weirdest thing. He just leaves me these random voicemails. But then he started saying, he'd leave a voicemail, and he'd say, hey, Luke, this is Christian. Have you preached the gospel to yourself? And then he used to text me, and at that time, texting was like a dollar a text. I can't remember. It was ridiculous because it was brand new. And I remember he would text me. I'm like, wow, like, this is impressive. Like, you know, I must be really cool. And he would say, gospel to you, question mark. And then I would see him like, what are we talking about? He's like, did you preach the gospel to yourself? And so my challenge to all of us is, do we preach the gospel to ourselves every day? Do we remind ourselves of what Christ has done for us and what the gospel is? We have to adopt this new mindset. We have to adopt this mindset and remind ourselves every day. We've been raised to new life in Christ. The second thing is that gratitude is a lifestyle to glorify God, God's will, peace. All seven of those that we went through, but we cannot do those things apart from Christ. But it's a lifestyle. It's an everyday. It's a being thankful every single day. Because that life that we live, this world, it etches away at this heart of gratitude. And every day we have to keep being grateful in so many different things, even if it's one thing for each day. And the third part is, to rem- is remembrance is our fuel. We have to remember all that Jesus has done for us. On Wednesday when we heard all those stories, we heard people tell these stories of, look at all that God has done. 
Remembrance is our fuel. When we look back, and then sometimes it's painful. We look back through all of the history. We look back through all that's happened, the good, the bad, and the ugly, but to remind ourselves that God never left. He, his promises are true. He will never leave us nor forsake us. We may, maybe, may we, as his church, we remember all that Jesus has done for us. Amidst our brokenness, our sin, that Christ saved us. Like, we didn't deserve that. There's nothing about anything that we can do that can deserve salvation. And we can't even boast in it. We can only boast in Christ, as Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 tells us. So remembrance is our fuel. As hard and as painful as it is, I encourage you to remember all that God has done for you. Remembrance is our fuel. And here's my last thing, is that if you've not been raised to your new life in Christ, today is the day of salvation. Don't wait. Come to Jesus today. Start living that life of true gratitude today. Be the one leper that sought healing and then returned to praise Jesus. Because there's a play at home plate. And your life is on the line. Our lives, our communities, our world is on the line. May the peace of Christ be the ruling, be the call. Would you guys pray with me? Father, as we close this morning, as we have digested a lot, we've read a lot, thank you for your unfailing love that your goodness endures forever. God, I just really feel like on my best day, my, my good deeds are like filthy rags, as your scriptures tell us. And Lord, I want to be thankful. And I know we all do. We all want to live a life of gratitude. Our culture even recognizes that gratitude is beneficial. But God, we know that on our best day, our best efforts toward being great, grateful and living a life of gratitude are not very great. So we need your strength. We need your power, Christ, in us so we can live this life of gratitude. Empower us, Lord, to help us focus and be thankful for the little things, to enjoy the present, to, to draw close to you, to be thankful, to always be thankful, Lord. Help us to do that because this is the life you want us to live. We've been raised to new life in your son, Jesus, Lord. Help us to set our sights on heaven, not on earth. To be, to, to, that people would see us being grateful and that they would question us and wonder why. And that we would point them back to you because it's through you that we can give thanks, Jesus. And Lord, if there's anyone here that hasn't, has not given their lives to you, Jesus, if you're in here, the building, you're watching online, or maybe you're watching this some other time, and you're, you're feeling like, I, I want this peace. I want peace to rule in my life. And I want to know what God's will is. And I want to I show a life of gratitude. Give your life to Christ. It's so simple. You respond to Jesus by saying, Jesus, I believe what you did on the cross is true. That you died and three days later you rose again. And that you resurrected and that you are alive and reigning. And you're sitting with the Father. And I want to be raised to this new life in you. I give my life now and forever to follow you and to tell this hurting, broken world about this Jesus. Help me to give thanks, to live a life of thankfulness and gratitude. Church, is this such an incredible place, God.
thank you for allowing us to be here. We give thanks for what you've done. Be with your church as we respond. I ask it all in the powerful name of Christ. Amen. Church, would you stand as we end in song? I'm
beginning to the end of days. Those words I've heard all my life, and its truth and power will always remain. But as my eyes close and mind awakes, no words come to fill the space. 'Cause words, they don't do your power much justice. It's too great, too great to be bound by little letters we make up. And it's funny that we sometimes think we understand the fullness of your glory by calling.